You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's another episode of Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D., Cinema Geekly's Marvel Podcast. It's Anthony and Aurora here talking another two episodes of Luke Cage on the Netflix. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I didn't mess up anything when I said that. Uh, so it's episodes three and four, and mm-hmm. we are kicking into full Luke Cage as a superhero mode. Yeah. Uh, after Pop died in uh, in episode two, we kind of thought to ourselves, like, that's his superhero birth moment mm-hmm. is when he's going to decide. And uh, boy, he sure did in, in episode three. He just decided to go uh, full on superhero. And yeah. Uh, I'm starting to think that it's going to be really tough to beat this man, Aurora, in some kind of, any yeah, kind of fight. that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching these episodes. Like, what villain could defeat him? <laughs> the, the, the only way these guys could have been more screwed is if they had to fight Hulk or yeah. Thor. But that's about it. Like, they, they would have had, they would have had better luck against Iron Man than they had against Luke Cage. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's an interesting fight, Hulk and the Cage. <laughs> that would be really interesting. That feel would like, be really interesting. I feel like Hulk is more powerful. Like but, Luke, but like, Luke Cage is in. Um, he can it cannot be destroyed. Oh, that's like he, true. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, he can be knocked out. I mean, he he did take a shotgun shot to, yeah, that, the, he, to the chin, and it did knock that's him true. out for a while. That's true. Uh, yeah. and, well, and Luke Cage can punch through anything. Uh, Hulk can usually do that with one punch. That's true. And sometimes it yeah. takes Luke Cage a little bit more than one punch. But yeah. uh, boy, these 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 men stood no chance. So let's talk about season one, episode three of Luke Cage, called "Who's Gonna Take the Weight." Uh, so Cottonmouth is uh, has agreed to pay for all of Pop's funeral expenses, and warns Luke to let go of the matter, as Luke was originally going to try to do this, but did not really have the money. Uh, Cage finds out from a regular, uh, Bobby Fish, uh, the the chess master of Pop's Barbershop, uh, mm-hmm. that the barbershop is obviously facing closure due to unpaid bills. Clearly, because <laughs> there's nobody <laughs> left to run it. Right. Uh, and uh, Luke decides that, uh, well, first he goes to, uh, to Chico, uh, who is still in the hospital, but is, is getting better. And, uh, by the way, I was completely fooled. He runs into Misty Knight, I think, in the hospital. And he says, I'm here to see a friend. And I'm like, is it Claire Temple? Like, I know Claire's going to be in this. <laughs> That's going to be her, right? And then he goes to see Chico, and I was let down. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, he does go to Chico for a good reason, because Chico knew Dante. Dante worked for Cottonmouth. And he knew about all these safe houses around the, 
around the city where they were stashing all of Cottonmouth's money, including the Fort Knox of, of Cottonmouth's empire, the Crispus Attics building. Uh, and I knew I would get his name uh, because they <laughs> talked about it in season two. And I could, or it's not season two, episode two. Episode two. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I, I knew what it was, but I, it was I, it was on the tip of my tongue and I couldn't remember. Crispus Attics, the Crispus Attic, not only is it named after him, but it is a, a building complex where Mariah has her office and they're hoping to turn it into like this urban development uh, thing. But it's also mm-hmm. Cottonmouth's Fort Knox. He's got a huge stash of money there. Yep. And uh, Luke starts targeting all of his businesses to manipulate him into transferring his all of his assets into Mariah Dillard's secure office at Crispus Attics. And uh, Stokes has a falling out with uh, his associate, Domingo Colon, who is a dick who would <laughs> eat mini Milky Way bars and then drop them on the floor half eaten. I would have. Guess who does that? that? An asshole. That's who does that. <laughs> Um, and uh, he blames him for the attacks. Uh, Cage assaults the Crispus Attic building and steals a duffel bag of money but leaves the rest. In fact, in all of these cases, he leaves the majority of the money for the cops to find and confiscate. And he gives one duffel bag to Bobby Fish and leaves the rest for the police to find. After agreeing to testify against Cottonmouth and revealing Cage's involvement in the attacks... Chico, in a twist, is killed by Cottonmouth's paid police officer, mm-hmm. uh, Officer Scarf, Misty Knight's yeah. partner. Mm-hmm. I did not see that coming. Uh, he's on Stokes' payroll, and at the end of the episode, uh, Scarf goes to Cottonmouth and tells him that it is Luke Cage who is doing this. Mm-hmm. And Cottonmouth tracks down Luke Cage to... Uh, Genghis Connie's apartment where he's talking to his landlady Connie Lynn in the restaurant and he shoots an RPG at the building causing a massive explosion that cripples most of the building burying Connie and Luke in the rubble Mm -hmm. Uh, so do you have any thoughts on this here third episode um how is that possible the if he destroyed the first floor of that building shouldn't the whole building collapse i mean it looked like it looked like more than just the first floor but it was mostly like the front of the building so because it looks to me like the the building is on like the entrance to the building is like on a corner Mm -hmm. so it's not like a flat uh a flat front face of the building so it looks like he took out he took out like a big chunk of the building but it wasn't the entire building but it, Mm -hmm. it wasn't just the first floor either it was parts of like the upper floors as well but it wasn't the the whole thing it looked like it was just like a big slice was cut right out of the building but yeah um yeah i mean to me the the main event of this whole episode was when luke decides to go attack the fort knox building Mm -hmm. Uh, he rips a car door off the side off its hinges Mm -hmm. that is his only weapon and this is really just to barrel through some things with this car door yeah otherwise he goes in there with earbuds and flips his hoodie up. He's listening to, like, <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. And then he just goes in there, and then there must be 50, 60 guys. hmm And he just dismantles all of these dudes, sometimes, like, six at a time. Yeah. Where he just shoves them all down a flight of stairs. Yeah, yeah. 
And I was I was gonna say something about that because that second that was like the second fight scene of the episode. There was a first. Uh, there was another one before this. Yeah, where he goes to like a. It's just like a small time right. safe house or something, right? And I, I, I don't know if you felt the same way, but I felt like although it's cool to see people try to attack him and have no effect mm-hmm. whatsoever. Um, I thought it was a little bit boring because I I like to see, I don't know, like fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know what I mean. Um, so I was like kind of disappointed. I know he's, you know, strong and sure you can't, you can't do anything to him. But at the same time, I want to see the superhero fight right back. So when the second fight scene uh, happened, I was like, okay, now I, that's, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. So... I like the second fight scene better than the first one. I feel like, um, and I feel, and I, and I know exactly what you're saying, and this needs to be, but I feel like this is uh, maybe some needed groundwork that they mm-hmm. have to do, that it's, this is proof to Cottonmouth that you just can't come up to this dude and punch him or shoot him. Mm-hmm. He just, mm-hmm. he that doesn't do anything to this guy, and you're going to have to think of something else. And clearly, uh, there's Diamondback, who is, who is a Cottonmouth's weapons dealer, clearly right. he is going to have to have something to mm-hmm. give to Cottonmouth or to somebody else that will be capable of at least matching Luke Cage in some form or fashion. Because otherwise we wouldn't have a season of television and this would be really boring. Yeah. He would just Maybe go Maybe they there. find like uh, like some alien technology. Yeah, or, uh, or some sort of super suit. Mm-hmm. Um, they have been dealing with hammer tech weapons. Mm-hmm. So, and we know he tried to make some Iron Man like suits, things right. like that. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see. I don't know. But otherwise, like a fight would literally just be Luke Cage punching Cottonmouth through a wall, and then that's the end of the, mm-hmm. the show. So, we can't do that. So, there's got to, but I feel like that's what they're doing. They're laying the groundwork that it's like, okay, so we can't shoot him, we can't punch him, we can't hit him with things, we can't cut him. Yeah. Uh, what are we gonna? But they they need to to provide that evidence that just your normal, uh, you know, beat down, shoot a guy, attack is not mm-hmm. going to work against this man. And uh, again, we had a fight scene that's you know you you're also having at the same time a music performance. Yes. Oh, I love. And that that was so good too. And uh, it was uh, Charles Bradley who did mm-hmm. Ain't, Ain't It a Sin. Which mm-hmm. was a great song in this episode, and this dude's performance was awesome. Yeah, it was great. I've never heard of this guy before this episode, but uh, he reminded me of James Brown, and I just, yeah, I thought it was an awesome performance, mm-hmm. and the way they weave everything together with the music and the scenes, yeah, uh, it's just so good. Uh, I really liked it, and the ending was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I wasn't sure what he was gonna do, but what I was not expecting was him popping up on a roof with an RPG and then yep. launching a missile. Yep, was not expecting that to happen. Very casually, like he, oh, yeah, yeah. like nothing. <laughs> I feel like this is something he does on the. Like I don't know if he has like a shooting range where he can just go shoot <laughs> rocket propelled grenades or something, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just very matter-of-factly like, geez, I gotta yeah. shoot another one of these things? Yeah, and the scarf Fine. thing also also took me by surprise. Yeah. I was uh, I was suspecting him the first time I saw him, but then the way that he interacted with Misty... Yeah, he seemed so nice. Yes, I was like, well, maybe he's not a bad guy. Maybe he's just 
you know. I, you know what I think helps? They have those two have great chemistry together. They do. They seem yeah. like great friends. Like they're teasing mm-hmm. each other and laughing and making yeah. jokes at each other's expenses, and they just seemed like good friends. And they probably yeah. are good friends. And she just has no idea that he does this. Right. Um, yeah, they had a a convert. They have a conversation. I think in the second episode, uh, too. That's. Uh, that's uh or maybe it was in this episode i'm not sure uh about how uh he's happy as can be that there's a vigilante out here doing this Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. like now with all these superhero types it's like you know what what are we really doing yeah it was this episode yeah yeah he's like unless he's like unless my gun turns into like a magic hammer or something he's like you know those guys can do stuff we could never we could never do Mm -hmm. he's like this guy brought down like a a giant ring of corruption and one day that would take us months with paperwork and court yep. orders and gathering evidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, that is weirdly dismissive, but I can kind of see where he's coming from. But then when I realized, oh, he's on the payroll of the bad guy and just killed a dude. I'm like, you know, now it makes even more sense to me. So, yep. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really liked the episode. Uh, I gave it three point seven five three and three quarters not okay. quite i was just happy to see some some knocking around uh and it was it was definitely better than a three and a half but it wasn't quite a four for me but i liked it okay um i gave it a four. Oh, okay sweet yeah, yeah. that is that is uh we're, we're keeping a pretty good average of these netflix mm-hmm. shows yeah uh let me see here do we have do i have I do have episode four right here. Okay. I've got, they, unlike, God, what, was this, did we have a problem with Jessica Jones where they didn't have all of the, yes. uh, the paragraphs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every, every single one of these episodes is written out and I'm trying to look at them without accidentally, I'm trying to look at the proper one without accidentally looking at future ones and reading things that I don't want to read because they're just right in front of me. I'm trying to maybe, let's see if I can just put my hand up here so I don't accidentally read stuff from the <laughs> next episode. I already saw some words that I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, for example, I saw Claire Temple's name in the next episode. Oh, no. So she's going to be in there. I just I didn't want to be spoiled. Uh, so episode four uh, is uh, an episode that took us in quite a different turn. It was not what I was expecting uh, the episode yeah. to be. I thought it was going to be a direct continuation. In some ways, it was a little bit, but not really. Let's talk about it. Uh, it's called Step in the Arena. And the first thing we do see is a trapped Luke Cage in the rubble with uh, with Connie, and she does appear to be alive as well. But while Luke is laying unconscious in the rubble, we flash back to uh, a not- Luke Cage, a man who looks uh, suspiciously like Luke Cage, but whose name is Carl Lucas, mm-hmm. as he is being incarcerated at Seagate Prison in Georgia, uh, a private detention facility run by CO Albert Rackham. Uh, he befriends a fellow inmate named, nicknamed anyway, named Squabbles. I'm presuming his first name is not Squabbles. Uh, gonna go ahead and guess that's a nickname. That would be great, though. That would be awesome. Like Squabbles Jones is his name. That'd be an awesome name. Uh, he befriends this inmate named Squabbles and develops an attraction to the prison psychologist mm-hmm. who is familiar to us 
Luke Cage and Jessica Jones fans, Dr. Reva Connors, who would, of course, eventually become his wife, if I am not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, during his time here, we also learned that he is a former police officer himself who got uh, involved in trusting the wrong people at the wrong time or something along those lines. It sounds like he didn't do anything particularly illegal, but somebody wanted him out of the way. Right. And he ended up in prison. Uh, And during this time, he is forced to engage in illegal ring fights by the CO Rackham and cross paths with inmates like Comanche and Shades. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is also a different looking Luke Cage. He had a big old beard. And big yeah. afro, which he looked awesome. Yes, which as the uh, as the uh, uh, as the the flashbacks went on, his beard and afro grew larger. Yeah. At one point, they were humongous. Yeah, I loved it. What a, it was awesome look. Yeah. Uh, so Lucas and Connors uh, ultimately plan to expose Rackham's activity, but Rackham learns of his. Uh, of this by torturing squabbles and has Lucas brutally beaten. Connors then convinces the facility's doctor, Dr. Noah Bernstein, a scientist who is also conducting experiments on the inmates to perform the procedure on Lucas. It is it is some sort of solution that results in faster healing, mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, uh, however, Luke Cage, or Carl Lucas, is on the he's on death's door basically and the doctor doesn't even think he's going to survive this and as he is doing this rackham comes in and is mad and is like you know what i'm just going to pull the plug in this whole thing he's going to die if if he's if he's fine he's going to start blowing the whistle on me and i'm making money and this is illegal and i don't want to go to jail myself so his intent is to kill luke by messing up this machine Mm-hmm. But in doing so, in sabotaging the equipment, the craziness happens, and somehow through this, this liquid, these things that are he- that Luke is hooked up to, instead of just healing him, it sort of permanently heals him right. against everything ever. And this is when he becomes Luke Cage. He escapes. He assumes the identity. We learn. We learn of how he he comes up with the name Luke Cage through mm-hmm. a couple of stories that his father had told him. And uh, there is a, a montage. There's actually a, a great uh, montage moment of Luke trying to break out of the prison by punching oh. through the wall. Yes. Yeah, so while while he is trying to punch through the rubble. Mm-hmm. And uh, Luke escapes and goes and lives with uh, with Riva and uh, he manages to pull himself and and County uh, Connie out of the rubble and then reveals his abilities and his name to the media he is Luke yeah. Cage mm-hmm. and uh, that was uh, that was step into the arena so it was most of the most of the present day stuff of them being in the the rubble was largely just you know, I've got to punch through this rubble and right. get out. So there wasn't a lot of story there. The whole story was the flashbacks, and it was kind of his origin story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which I hope, I hope they kind of go back to a little bit because there are a lot of questions I also have about his backstory. Like, you know, how did he end up in prison? 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how how did his relationship with Riva blossom into like a a marriage and stuff? Yeah. I mean, you could see that the the seeds were planted there, and he he cared for her, but. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like she liked him, but in a professional way. So, like, kind of how they went from there to being married. Although, granted, by the end, she was, like, deleting records on him <laughs> right. and stuff so she could help him uh, kind of kind of get away. But, yeah, I, I really like this episode. What did you think? Mm-hmm. No, I loved it. That scene where he's uh, punching the wall, mm-hmm. that is the first time since I started watching this show that I saw a superhero. Yeah, it looked like a superhero. The whole scene was amazing, and he had like that silver band on his forehead. You remember that? Oh yes, yes, yes. And, and that the, made him look more like a superhero. And he had he? the he had like the the the, the wrist gauntlets as yes. well that were also yeah. on. And <laughs> and when he gets onto the mainland after he gets off of Seagate. He's taking, as people do when they're half naked, they steal clothes off of people's clothing. Do you? I mean, I don't, I don't know about you, Aurora. Do you still see people hanging their their clothes out on clotheslines? I don't know anybody who does this, but I haven't seen that in a while. So apparently, <laughs> in this part of the in this part of Georgia, people still do that. Yeah. Uh, and he stole. He put on this big yellow shirt, and the shirt with the gauntlets and the head thing is basically what his Power Man outfit looks mm-hmm. like in the comic book. Mm-hmm. And naturally, he looked at himself in the reflection and goes, "You look like a fool," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then takes it off. Uh, yep. But uh, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how uh, how that came to be. But uh, yeah, you're to me like that. I mean, this whole episode this, this whole episode was fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Like seeing this different side of him. Like I just, I just always assumed that his name was Luke Cage. Yeah, I never me thought, too. <laughs> I never thought for a minute that he had another name or that this was an alias of some sort. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they added so much of his backstory here and his his history. They've they've rounded him out as a character more, and yeah. he's certainly more interesting to me. Uh, I, 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 I love was interested how he before. that the reasons he picked his name that was also great. Yes, um, yeah. and I thought originally she, I like how they didn't go obvious. Like he's like, no, 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 Luke Cage. She, right. she just says, so you're going to be Luke Freeman? Right, right. And he's like, no, that's a bit too on the nose. And then they just left it at that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, you know what he picked. Yeah. Because you, know, you know the name of the show you're watching. They don't have to go into the, they don't have to go into the, the nitty gritty of it. But, uh, yeah, I, I was, I loved the, the scenes where they're in the group therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of those, uh, that was great. He has this, um, Mike Holter, who I, I don't know who the name of the actress is who plays Reva Connors, but they have great chemistry together mm-hmm. too, and I like I really like their scenes uh, together. That stuff was all good. I uh, I'm curious to see. I'm I'm surprised that Shades hasn't recognized Luke Cage earlier, given how much interaction they had in this yeah. episode in the flashbacks. There might be reason for that, and obviously. Um, this was in Georgia, and now they're in New York. And Luke but I mean, I feel like like hair. Shades has some sort of superpower, right? Mm, perhaps, yeah. So maybe he was also a victim of the experiments in the prison, and mm. somehow they wiped her his memory. I don't perhaps. know. 
I thought his superpower is just looking really cool in sunglasses, <laughs> even indoors. But you know how he, you know, he takes off his shades and he tells people to like look at them at him in the eye. Yes. And I don't know if that's like a hint that mm. he has some sort of mind reading ability or I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, it's possible. It's mm-hmm. possible. Uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm very happy with this episode. This I wasn't expecting this to go in a flashback mm-hmm. direction, but man, was I ever happy that it did. I, I <laughs> love the whole backstory. It was crazy seeing him with that hair. Yeah. He just looked so different, uh, mm-hmm. but it was really badass looking. Yep. Uh, I, was, I, I was just thoroughly impressed with everything. And then, of course, as you noted, and I've noted a couple of times already, uh, just the the punching through thing was was so great was awesome yeah um and uh yeah i don't know how he's gonna ever explain maybe he'll never actually get around to explaining to anybody how this happened because you know that would be yeah i was a prisoner uh and uh, i got these superpowers because they illegally experimented on me and then i broke (laughs) free yeah and never finished out my sentence uh even though even though i probably didn't deserve to be there in the first place like, I, I can see him getting around this explanation mm-hmm. somehow. Like, I mean, he's already done it a few times. He's like, it doesn't really matter how I got these powers. Uh, but, yeah, so he is now, though, officially come out to the public, which is more than Matt Murdock has done. Or Jessica Jones, I believe, for that yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. They're both kind of in the shadows still. Luke Cage, however, he's out front. He talked right mm-hmm. into a camera. And they know exactly who he is and what he did. Uh, so I have a question for you that... Uh, just the fact that the um, whatever he was injected with causes him to heal fast. Presumably. Does that mean that he doesn't age? Is he going to be like immortal? You know, I I mean, I would think so. I mean, it, it, I mean, his skin is impenetrable. Right. But we don't know if like, I mean, obviously that would have done something to his cells. Mm-hmm. Uh, presumably, I think it's not a stretch to imagine that he wouldn't age, or maybe he would age very slowly. Right. Like it would take a it would take a very long time. Um. So yeah, I'm 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 not sure. I'm gonna yeah. go I'm gonna go read up on this and see if there's been some some thought to this. I because I'm mm-hmm. I'm positive. Look, they they did Old Man Logan in the comics, and they're doing it obviously as a movie That's now. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah. And Wolverine's not supposed to really age all that much either. Yeah. So I'm sure there's yeah. probably a comic out there with like an old Luke Cage. Um. So I don't know. I'll I'll find out. But one would presume hmm. that he wouldn't age. He wouldn't age normally. At least I don't think. Right. Is right. my is my feeling. So yeah. Not a lot of uh, not a lot of superhero-y stuff here, but a lot of character building, yeah, and uh, and some and some much needed backstory, which uh, I was I was very happy to see. Mm-hmm. I love I mm-hmm. loved love love this episode. So what what did you give this one? I gave it a four point five. Awesome. Yes, that's good. It's not as good as the <laughs> five I gave this episode. Oh wow, really? I just I didn't think it. I expected a good episode when I walked into it, but I was kind of blown away with how, uh, and it wasn't even a five to me at first. Like when the episode was over, I'm like, that was a really good episode. Like that's a, that's an easy four and a half or something. But 
as I thought about it more today, because mm-hmm. I watched it this morning, so as I thought about it a little bit more, and especially kind of leading up, like maybe a half hour before we started recording, I was convinced that this was a five for me. I I loved this episode. This was really good. Right. I was just kind of just kind of blown away with how much I really liked it. Nice. Well yeah, done. I'm saving my face. Well done, Luke Cage. <laughs> I know we're gonna get there. We're gonna get some more of this. So, uh, I'm I'm excited to see what what comes next. Uh, so we're going to take off, but uh, before we do that, head over to cinemageekly.com and listen to all of, if you haven't done it already, uh, all the previous episodes of Podcasters for Shield, where we talked about uh, Daredevil's first two seasons, Jessica Jones, and where we're going to continue to talk about these Marvel Netflix shows uh, for the time being. And of course, all of the other shows that we've got up there as well. There's about two, a dozen of them or so, it feels like. Uh, most of them still going on right now. Aurora and I's other show we're doing, uh, Hear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the DC shows, There's I feel like there's more of them right now than there are Marvel shows. In fact, I'm positive there's more DC shows on right now than there are Marvel shows. Uh, trying to keep up with all of those as well. Also, this show on iTunes and Google Play Music. All you have to do is search for Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. and hit subscribe. And that is it for this week. Aurora and I will return to discuss Season 1 of Luke Cage, Episode 5, called Just to Get a Rep, and Episode 6, called Suckers Need Bodyguards. (laughs) 